You could be anywhere doing anything, but you're hanging out with us. And we appreciate that. So wherever you're listening and however you're listening, we appreciate you guys for listening. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Game Playing Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on the artist formerly known as Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That's T as in Texas, S as in Souffle, M as in Marmalade. Kennedy Miller. What's going on? Man, nothing much, nothing much. Where can the folks find you on Twitter, X, or whatever we supposed to be calling it nowadays? You can find me on Twitter. That's what I'm calling it. At underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. Again, that's underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. All right. All right. And I said TSM. And I said the S stood for souffle. And that's French. One of the French's greatest exports, one of the greatest things that the French have ever given to us Americans. But Kennedy Miller, the French have given us something that's even better here recently. You know what that is? What's that? Big parlay, Victor Wimbenyama. Oh, my God. It's only been like two weeks since he's been in the league. But I'm like, I feel like every single game he's played in so far, there's been a moment that makes me say, wow, this is not like some NBA 2K created player. Right. So, like, what have you been? What have been like your first big impressions and takeaways of Big Paul Lay? His first couple weeks in the league, man. Just like you said, it, it is just some plays every now and then where it's just like, dude, like probably less than one percent of the league can do that. Especially those preseason highlights when he played against was that the Rockets when he was going crazy like that, like and oh, the in Miami. He and is, the Warriors, yes, he yes, did something yes. against the Warriors like he was hounding Andrew Wiggins or something, blocked his shot into, like, the second or third row. And then yep. another time, he closed that on Clay Thompson. And it looked like he was, like, not even near him, but he blocked a shot, ran the other way, drained a three. He did that all in, like, 90 seconds. Like, he very well may, may be the next one, right? If he can stay healthy, San Antonio's a top-notch organization. They're going to build a great team around him. Man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because this guy coming in, like, I think he's averaging like two and a half blocks already. Yeah. Two and a half blocks, 16 points on like 48%. Not bad. You know, and like, we knew, like, it's going to be an adjustment period. He, he might hit a rookie wall, right? But he's coming out and showing, like, ain't no questions about him being the number one pick. Like, we saw him in the summer league, right? And he was getting kind of pushed around and we wondered how much, how quick it was going to take. But when he threw that lob, and he like when he when he called for that lob at three point line, yeah. And he dunked it, and then he did that like turnaround dunk, and they they zoomed in on like Thomas Bryant's face, and he's like looking at Eric Spoelstra like, "Yo, what do you want me to do?" <laughs> like Thomas Bryant, somebody put it this way, and I thought it was hilarious. Like Thomas Bryant was one of the best players in this high school class, right? Played for like USA, like in high school, played at Indiana, right? Had a really good college career, and has played six or seven years in the league and is looking at his NBA coach. Like, what do I do with this man? What do I do with this freak? And like, he's must see television. I'm glad that, you know, the Spurs are, I feel like when the Spurs are good, it's kind of good for basketball, like kind of good for NBA basketball. And they've got their next franchise guy for 10 to 15 years. If he can stay healthy, you know, how sometimes we'll see like great athletes and we'll see their film from high school. Or something like that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're wondering, I don't know how well all of this is going to translate because the folks you playing against in high school, they're all going pro in something other than sports. 
right? Like mm. everybody's telling us this person's going to be the next big thing, but you're seeing the competition. You're like, I don't know about that. Maybe this is just a competition. Like, I feel like we did that with Zion. We saw Zion's high school highlights, but he, we saw Zion just mashing on them four foot tall little white kids. Private mm-hmm. school white kids were like, this looks like a grown up playing with little three year olds. Yeah. When I first saw Zion stuff, I thought it was fake. Yeah. Like I was like, this is a skit. <laughs> like this can't be real. Who is this grown man playing like with these kids? And then like, why is this happening? Like, how did they allow this man to be in the gym with all these kids? Like they need to check birth certificates. Like I thought it was going to be one of them things. Like, you know, how you hear these, these, these tales, of, like a 30 year old getting arrested because yeah. they like go back to high school and they fake like they're 16 or something. And they clearly look like, like they've been off their mama's insurance at least six or seven years and they got a child or two and they right. go back and play in high school. That's what Zion was looking like. Dude, like I, the first time I think I saw Zion, it was like, it was a caption on the highlight reel. Like when, uh, when you get in trouble and your coach make you play JB. <laughs> and I thought it was like a skit. Like I thought it was like a Drewski skit. And I'm like, man, they really, they're really getting good with these skits. Like they got a whole <laughs> crowd and they got a whole team full of like small white dudes. <laughs> and like come to find out, I keep seeing clips. I'm like, wait, this dude is real. <laughs> and then like you said, like, oh, well, who is he playing against? But then you looking at the dunks, you like, God, dog, like he punching it. And like the same thing with like Victor, like, I remember I saw the clip probably around October last year when he played against Scoop. Yo, I don't know who he's playing against, but he took like a sidestep three at like seven four, and like the way his body was moving and him handling the ball, I'm like, wait a minute, they might be on to something here. Man, that was the thing for me, like watching him, like he looks like the tallest human being on earth, right? I know. He is seven foot four, so he is one inch shorter than Yao Ming, but he moves like somebody. That's like mm-hmm. six, eight, six, nine. And he's and he's doing low crosses, doing step backs like in a one five pick and roll. He can be the person who you said in the pick for. Right. Like that is the wildest thing in the world. And you can't guard him with somebody that's his size because he's too quick. Yeah. It's kind of like with Giannis, like in the finals in 2021, they tried guarding him with DeAndre Aiden for a quick second. He can go past DeAndre Aiden. It's like, all right, that's quick work. I'm right. getting to the bucket. Right. But you try to put a Jay Crowder on him and he's going to Buffalo his way. He's going to post him and just. Mm-hmm. Right. So with him, who on earth do you guard? How do you guard a dude that's seven foot four? And like no shot he takes is going to be a contested shot because he's seven foot four and he has like this ginormous wingspan. So it looks silly. They out there guarding him with Dylan Brooks or like Robert Covington or the Mavericks. I think they had Grant Williams and Derek Jones guarding him. Like it looks silly, like complete. Because I think offensively, sometimes like as you transition to the league, it takes a minute for your game to get there. Right. Like some of the moves you was able to get away with overseas in high school and college, they don't quite work here in the NBA. Right. And I think that's why, like the physicality kind of matters because he can't post a dude like Zubak. Right. The too big, Mm -hmm. too strong. Like that dude is seven foot four, but he's like 210 pounds. So like a dude like Zubak, when they played the Clippers, Zubak was moving him off his spot. Big Paul, he was catching the ball damn near at the three point line. Once he puts hopefully a little bit more weight on him and he can start to like get some post positioning. And bang a little bit more. Oh, man, it's going to be canceled Christmas. Because the jump shot, like, that's going to be just fine. You know what I'm saying? So, and, like, defensively, that's the thing that's translated so quickly. And I feel like, you know how in football they have, like, a stat, like, QB hurries? 
or QB mm-hmm. knockdowns or pressures or whatever. Like it's yeah. not just sacks, yeah. right? Like we got in the NBA, they just have blocked shots, right? But they need it's something gotta, yeah. like b- shots affected because it's almost like when he's on the court, offensive players hear the Jaws music, da 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 da, and they like they just see him and they just pass the ball. And get rid of it. Yeah. Right? Like people are unwilling to shoot because he's just gonna put one of them big paws up there. Did you see when the Rockets had a two on one and Jabari Smith thought he was gonna put a put Big Paul A on a poster? Right. And then Paul A just put a paw up there, bang. Yeah. Jabari Smith got it back. Boom. You th- like I told you get the shit out of here. Like <laughs> that is the like it's nutty. Like this dude is a whole foot taller than everyone on the court there was a dude at unt there was a basketball player i tutored abu uzman abu uzman like six foot eleven shout out to boo boo made me feel small boo about a foot taller than me damn near mm-hmm. that's how big paul lay looks and he's playing against like dudes that are six eight six nine he's playing against some of the tallest human beings on earth like right the league is just so great like you got him you got chet all these dudes are like freaks right like even the ones that we're like accustomed to like Giannis I mean somebody that big shouldn't be moving that ferociously downhill and we can make all the skill jokes that we want like he can't shoot he can't do this he can't do that okay you find me another six nine six ten dude that's euroing his way through the lane and dunking it like that it is going to be very interesting in a couple of years how this all pans out and who really becomes like the guy out of these like younger guys you know what I want Big Paul A to not do, though? This only, if, if I have one criticism, I just have one. Okay. I don't want him to see him taking six, seven threes a game. Yeah. Get your ass down in the paint. <laughs> if they're going to guard you with Grant Williams, punish Grant Williams. If they're going to guard you with Derrick Jones or that irritant Dylan Brooks, if they're going to guard you with them. If you don't make a fool out of Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks does a good job of making a fool of himself anyway. But you... Yeah. Like, don't you be standing out there at three-point line like Carl Anthony Towns? Because, oh, oh, I, oh, oh. I Alex, do. is there something you need to get off your chest tonight? About what? About Carl Anthony Towns? Bro, Carl Anthony Towns is like one of the biggest disappointments in the history of the NBA. Ain't no reason to do that big, that strong, that physically talented at the end of a ball game. Where is he standing? At the three-point line. And then, like... Carl Anthony Towns is a loser. Let's not forget that. Like, they ain't made it out of the first round. And what is he all, all he wants to talk about? What did he, he didn't he say the, the Timberwolves run was more impressive than Denver's? Or he says something oh, else yeah. talking about he's the greatest three shooting big man of all time. Don't nobody give a f- <laughs> We do not care. I mean, one, you're not the best shooting big man of all time. That's preposterous. Number one. But you talking about all this shit and you ain't made it out of the first round. Like, now that part. I do. N- oh, my God. So that's why when I saw Big Paul A standing at the three-point line, he just like that's where a lot of possessions where he's starting. And I'm like, no, uh-uh. I've seen this movie before. Please don't. God is my witness. Popovich, do not let this happen. Get him in the post. I don't think he I think he's going to get a variety of touches all over the floor. And then he's going to find out where his, where his sweet spots are. And he's gonna he's gonna get to it. He's gonna get to it. He's gonna be all right. Wow, I learned something new today about your 
your newfound feelings for Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, these aren't new. It's just like we don't talk about the Timberwolves very often, so there's rarely a reason to really like let these out. When they during the play-in, how I was just like, once again, they need to trade Carl Anthony Towns. They've had Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, D'Angelo Russell, Mike Conley, Anthony Edwards. They brought in Rudy Gobert, which is probably the worst trade in NBA history. Like it, it's it's yeah. up there as like one of the mm-hmm. bad ones. Like they gave up like four ones and four pick swaps to Rudy Gobert, didn't they? Mm-hmm. They did all of that. Like Carl Anthony Towns has had all these different teammates, all these different very talented teammates, and Carl Anthony Towns ain't made it out of the first round once. And we are in year going this year eight or nine. But we got to switch gears. We've talked about it a lot on this show the last handful of months. We've talked about the menace. And I should have said TSM. I should have said I should have said the M stood for menace because that's what James Harden was to Daryl Morey. He menaced Daryl Morey. And Daryl Morey was like, I am not going to trade James Harden unless Terrence Mann's in the deal. But again, I think he must not have watched James Harden's movie. He must not have realized James will show his ass and he don't care who it is it don't matter if it's daryl morey the man who helped make really like daryl morey was the one who saw something in james harden in 2012 that none of us saw at the time like we thought we saw like a minor ginobili type dude like a six man like a good player only daryl morey saw a superstar and daryl morey thought that was going to absolve him and that was going to save him from the foolishness that is james harden when he's ready to quit a job and it didn't and James Harden plays for the Clippers now. He plays for the Clippers. So, kid. And Terrence Mann was not included. You know what the wild part about that is? This really lets you know where James Harden is in his career. Three or four years ago, you trade. James Harden's available for trade, right? What would it take to get James Harden in a trade four or five years ago? Man, you got to give up a. You got to give up a all-star level player, multiple first round picks, and then probably another role player, too. Like, and that's like, that's where we're starting at. Right. Like, because now, like, okay, you ask it now and it'll almost break the league because you got to think like, what did Oklahoma City get from the Clippers for Paul George? What did Utah get from uh, Minnesota for Rudy Gobert? Right. And which we both believe that James Harden at James Harden's level that he used to be was at more value than those two guys. So, like, they didn't give up anything for Alex. If I conjured up that trade on 2k (laughs) the game will probably shut down on me there's no way that trade nick patoon marcus morris who else was it Uh, some picks obviously they look a couple of a couple of arby's coupons dude like i i could put the trade difficulty all the way on zero and they still probably wouldn't take that like that for somebody his caliber like you said it just shows how far his value has gone down. James Harden is on a team with Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. And the internet is not, like, breaking, right? It was just like, oh, breaking news, James Harden's been traded to the clip. Hey, bro, that's four, that's, um, that's four Hall of Famers. And, like, nobody's like, oh, the league's over. Like, everybody else is playing in second, right? Like, it's just like, oh, well, we'll see how it is. They're probably second uh, or third in the West. Yeah, yeah, they're probably second or third in the West. You know, like, that. That's a direct indictment on James. To me, the further indictment on James, and I think that's a very fair point, right? Because in 2020, in 2021, when they traded James, 
to Brooklyn, we were all, a lot of people, me and you weren't, were like KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. Oh my God. Like, it's going to take Jesus and the 12 disciples to beat them, right? Like, that was, that was the mm-hmm. conversation. This summer, and really going into this fall, like, I really kind of, it like really set home where James Harden is in his career for me. And in mm-hmm. two ways, right? The Houston Rockets, who love James Harden, despite the fact that he acted a stone fool on the way out. Going, coming into this past offseason, that was the only team he was really connected to. Mr. Steal Your Girl, Ime Yudoka got the job, and they looked around, they were like, hmm, we'd rather have Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. Mm. The Clippers, like we said, in a trade three or four years ago, you would have to give up the house, the cars, the kids, and the dog to even think about getting James yeah. Harden. And the non-starter for a deal in the year of our Lord 2023 for James Harden was Terrence Mann. The Clippers did not want to unass Terrence Mann, and they didn't unass Terrence Mann. Like, like, James Harden was only worth – Terrence Mann is a starter, rotate. he's a rotation player. Right. Like, he's a nice player. Like, he isn't – like, would you say he's the Clippers' third best player? But, like, James Harden is – a James Harden deal at his time, we're starting with Paul George. Yeah. And that's what we're, that's what we're starting with, right? Um. And that's what it that's what it should have been, like an all-star level player, a top twenty-five player that's gonna keep that team in contention. Not a really nice role player who plays his role really well. No, absolutely not. Have we ever seen a situation where there are four future Hall of Famers on one team and they're all on expiring contracts, right? Like right. there is a very strong chance that well, at least some of them are not back next year, right? Kawhi and PG are both extension eligible, and we ain't heard a word about an extension. And most times, you do not let your stars, your centerpieces, go into the last year of a contract without an extension. It's screaming the last ride, like it's screaming the last dance, like trying to see what we can get out of this group. You have no more draft capital after this trade, right? And you don't really have any trade value on your team anymore. Zubak is a nice player. Like Terrence Mann is a nice player. Norman Powell is nice, but like you really don't have that much trade capital on your team. So this is effectively your finished product. And all of these guys are in their early to mid thirties. This is your finished product. This has got to be your year. This doesn't happen this year. It's going to be changes. And they're looking to move in a new arena. It's going to be changes. Think about all the combustible elements that there are with the L.A. Clippers. That's, right? like, that's what I'm saying. Kawhi Leonard's, that degenerative condition he has with his legs, we're hoping and praying he can get to April, May, and June. Because if he gets to April, May, and June, he is one of the premier playoff performers of this era. Mm-hmm. Paul George, injuries. Yep. Russell Westbrook's a bug out. Okay, like you never know just when he's going to take some ridiculous pull up 28 foot jumper that's contested or just Mm -hmm. throw the ball out of bounds or dribble it off his damn foot. Or what did he do last year, Ken, when he like said he was going for a two for one? And it was like, what was it? Man, I am so glad that I am free from the shackles of having to log in to the NBA app and see Russell Westbrook on my team. I don't care. You could say it was a bad fit. You could say it wasn't all his fault. It looked terrible to watch. And against the Portland Trailblazers around this time this year, first week of the season, it was game three. We lost to the Warriors. Who did we lose to the second game of the season? 
we lost to somebody else. And it was like, okay, we got Portland. We should beat Portland, right? We were beating them. <laughs> were. We were. And it was a, I was about to say it was a two-for-one possession. He said it was a two-for-one possession. I've never seen a two-for-one possession when you're winning the game. <laughs> and he comes down and shoots a jumper with like 20-something seconds left, like like came down the court, didn't pass the ball to nobody. And you could just see the look on on AD and, and LeBron's face like, what are you doing? Like, that ain't no personnel problem. That was an IQ shot and a terrible <laughs> IQ shot. And then we ended up losing the game. Alex, and this is not all his fault. We went two and two on Monday night against the Magic. Last year, it took us 74 games to do that, to go 500. <laughs> they were so bad last year. Do you know how excited I was last night? When I, Well, this morning, because I'm at the age and I, I got the job now to where I can't stay up for the West Coast games anymore. Bruh. Do you know how excited I was to look at my phone this morning and to see that we are now a game above 500? That's how low it's gotten. But if you think about it with the Clippers, like as you said, that's yes, what the Clippers yeah. possibly may have to deal with. But they have it set up to where now, like T. Lou has a real quick hook on him. Russ start bugging. All right. Here come Norman Powell. Here no come doubt. Terrence Mayo. No here comes possibly now P.J. Tucker. But you have <laughs> Kawhi's, Kawhi and Paul George's health. Russ being a bug out, and then you got to worry about James Harden possibly nutting up in the, in, in the playoffs. And I, you've heard me go chapter in verse on James Harden and him his playoff failures. I've said this before, and people think I'm hating or whatever, but seriously, name me one career-defining playoff moment from James Harden that's positive. Since he's been like a superstar. It, it would have been last year had they beat the Celtics. He had the, 40 point, he had the 40-point game one. Then he had like the 40-point game five. Yeah. But then the game seven, you know, I think it was like nine or something. So, like, they got a whole bunch of different issues and different problems. And this all there is going to be something that goes wrong. Something. Okay. I mean, this is a little bit of hyperbole. But maybe Donald Sterling really did put a curse on that team. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe maybe with them Magic Johnson comments, they, maybe, they might not ever reach prosperity. <laughs> like because seriously it, even before Kawhi and PG how many years of our lifetime how many years since we've been high school to college right have the Clippers have we looked at the Clippers in the preseason and be like dang they good enough to win the championship I can count probably closer to 10 these last four years with Kawhi and PG definitely right what, but this is year 5 and I can probably name it was like 3 or 4 years ago the Clippers with Chris Paul, Blake, and DeAndre should have made a farther run than they did. But for some crazy reason, right, they did. They blow they blew a series against Oklahoma City. Uh, I think they were up two one. They blew a three one to uh the Rockets. They could have went to the finals that year. I feel like they were talented enough. They beat the Spurs in the game seven the round before that. And that was before Golden State went on their run. The Clippers had just beat them the year before, right? I'm not saying it would have beat them that year, but I think it would have been a better Western Conference Finals than that Warriors-Rockets series was. And then you had another year where Chris Paul, I think, breaks his hand. Blake messes up his foot or something in the first round. Like, they just always have unfortunate things happen to them at the wrong times. DJ Fritz Prince. 
My big question with the Sixers is this. Those Arby's coupons that you got in exchange for James Harden, does this get you out the second round? Like, because like that, that is a measuring stick for move for their moves at this point for me. Like, does this make you better than Milwaukee or Boston? No. The rumor is they're going to try to package these picks to try to turn that into another star level player. And I think the, the name I've heard bandied about is Zach Levine. And I'm like, what the hell is Zach Levine going to do for you that Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, James Harden and Tobias Harris couldn't? And Tyrese Maxey haven't been able to do yet. Like, what is that dude going to be able to do that they could not? I think if they get Levine, they're going to be pretty tough. Now, to your, to the overall point, if they get Levine, would I still take Milwaukee and Boston over them? Probably so. But I think if you add a guy like Levine next to Joel, and you're including how much Tyrese Maxey has progressed, Right, like how how much better he's looked to start this year. You got something because it is a more natural fit around MB to have two guys who can shoot the like score the ball. Like obviously him and Ben Simmons were not a great fit, right? Because right. he couldn't score. Tobias Harris, I don't know if it was true, but they said Kel- Kelly Uber got twenty five points first night. They said Tobias Harris hadn't gotten over twenty five. In like four years in Philadelphia. Now I got forty million dollars. Exactly. So I would imagine he would be the main piece in whatever trade is talked about. Whether because I've heard, I've seen Levine, I've seen uh, OG Ananobi, I've seen, I saw Donovan Mitchell today. If it doesn't work out in Cleveland, now that would make them pretty small um, as far as the guard play. But if they can get another shot creator next to B, because. I think we can all look back on it and say they never should have let Jimmy Butler go. That was that was the that was the move right there. That was the roster construction right there that would have had them, you know, itching for a championship year after year. They never should have moved off of Jimmy Butler. But if they can and the James Harden thing, it just didn't work because James Harden is, is James Harden. But Levine, I would be very very intrigued to see to see how the Eastern Conference would stack up. But I tell you what I think you were right about to start the season off. Woo, Memphis' cheeks. Like, obviously, I didn't think they would be 0-5. Your franchise player is out 25 games, bro. And you can't use the, the narrative of, oh, yeah, they, they had a really good record without Jaw the last two years. They had Tyus Jones. He was the best assist to turnover ratio point guard in the league. He's gone. You have Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is a he's a good player. There's obviously room for Marcus Smart to be on anybody's team. Marcus Smart as your primary decision maker makes life very difficult. Couple that along with the fact Stephen Adams is out for the year, right? So Memphis was, you know, they had Ja, who was a highlight reel on his own, and then they were really big. Stephen Adams, Jaron Jackson at the four, right? Like, you don't have that no more. And again, the West has gotten better. Like, Utah blew them out. I was very excited for this season because it's more teams that have no incentive to lose. There is no Wimbanyama. So we're not gonna we're not gonna sit K Cunningham 20 games into the season. We're not gonna blow it up in Utah extremely early so we can tank. The Rockets are not gonna tank, right? They're actually gonna uh be trying to win games. Everybody has a per has a reason or is you know trying to fight to win games at this point. You know Portland's going to be bad, right? 
you know, you know, Washington is going to be bad. But again, on any given night, it's not like management is saying like it's a number one pick in the, in the, you know, in the wings that we trying to get. All these teams have an incentive to win. So Memphis right now, it's going to be tough. And if they keep sliding down, Ja coming back after 25 games, they would have to win like a, they would have to go on a 10, 15 game winning streak. They're in a tough spot, man. They, 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 they really are, man. I tell you, who else is in a tough spot? Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan Wolverines. Oh, you like how I swung that? I did. And they're in a tough spot because they put themselves in a tough spot. So this whole thing, like this sign stealing thing, when I first heard the story when it broke, I really wasn't tripping about it because I'm like, in college football and in pro football, people steal each other's signs like on the sideline, <laughs> off the all twenty two cop, off the all twenty two film, off of the TV copy. Uh-huh. Right. So I thought it was just that I'm like, yeah, whatever, okay. But then they were like, no, 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 no. This guy, Connor Stallions, who like apparently was like a super duper big Michigan fan as a kid. He went to the military. Apparently he went, his whole purpose of going to the military was to help him gain uh, a set of skills that can help Michigan football when he becomes a coach. Right. Cause like that was, that's his, that dude's goal in life is to become the head coach at the university of Michigan. Right. So that was a part of him going to the military. I ain't going to lie. I ain't never heard of people going to the military because they're trying to go be a football coach. People go to the military because they try yeah. to get a free college, a Dodge Charger, a Ford Mustang, right? <laughs> or they trying to go shoot some people, okay? I ain't never heard somebody say, I'm going to go to the military. Why? The skills I gain are going to help me be, at one day be the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. Like, are you mad? And so this dude, apparently, he's purchasing tickets to games to Michigan's conference opponents and he's transferring them to like other people and then they go or sometimes kind of stallions goes and they're filming the sideline and then they put the video into like some like some cloud right and so they're like all right this is this team signs right and he might go see watch a team and steal their signs a month month and a half in advance and here's what's nuts about this kid he traveling not only to watch Penn State play or watch Indiana play. He was also doing this for their possible college football playoff opponents. So he went to a Tennessee game and a Georgia game, right? And he's paying, these tickets ain't cheap. He doing all, and this is how I know Michigan, this is how I know the Michigan staff is really involved. This dude is doing all this and paying for all these, these game tickets and this airfare and this hotels and lodging and renting cars, he doing all that. You mean to tell me this dude only makes fifty five thousand dollars a year? This is like when you see a beat. This is like when you see a beat cop driving like a Porsche. He's dedicated. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, you're stealing drug money, sir. I already know what you're on. <laughs> yeah, officer, I know what you on. You up to no good. So that's when I, you hear this right. kind of stallion story. You're like, yeah, man, this man is up to no. Good. And the wild part about this is they were so brazen about it, like not even afraid that they're going to get caught. Right. Like if you're going to do something that's clearly against the rules that could get you fired and that when all this is said and done, he ain't going to be able to coach Little League football after this. Like Mm -hmm. you'd at least think you'd be more careful, like you wouldn't use your own credit card. 
You wouldn't be like actually typing your name in here to actually buy these tickets yourself. Have you never seen The Wire? <laughs> he got Venmos from Jim Harbaugh's son, like on his public Venmo account and getting Venmos from other people on the Michigan staff. Like, what on earth are you doing? And Ken, I want to ask you this, like as a coach, right? How much of a competitive mm -hmm. advantage does another team have in your signs, your signals, your play calls, right? Like you coach basketball, man. So if another team knew, like if you had to play like called Texas or something, right? Like how much does that really affect how well your team connects you? Because you always hear people talk about, you know, you can have my play. You just, you can know it's coming. You just, if you can't stop it, it don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely, it definitely has an effect on it. You know, with basketball, you know, everything should have like layers to it. So, you know, you kind of expect, especially, you know, like conference play, like you're playing a team twice. Uh, first time, they, they probably should still know all your sets. But the second time, they should be able to really, like, take away the first or second option. So you should have kind of counters and, and layers to it. But it does, you know, it does play a, play a part in stopping you. But that's all, like, film study. I would expect to not be able to score on the first option, which is why we have layers to it. Okay. You just keep going until you find an opening in the defense, and then you attack that. Okay, because as I was thinking about it, I was really like, you know, all of the coaches in the Big Ten, the schools were like lining up to be like, yes, they have been cheating, and we've known they've been cheating. You know what I mean? Like, Michigan mm -hmm. State, it didn't make much of a difference because Mel Tucker, I hope it was worth it. When Michigan played Michigan State, Michigan State was like, yo, we know they we they have our signals. They were running the play in from the sideline like it was middle school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like you run over to the sideline, coach, all right, right weak pistol, 44 power. As I'm thinking about this, because eventually Michigan is gonna end up nine out of ten having some wins vacated behind something like this. And they probably should. Like, I'm not typically the person that's like, take banners down or, you know, vacate wins from the record books when you hear stories about a dude taking money from an agent because his mama's behind on her mortgage or something like that. Like, that really has no legitimate impact on the on-field product, on the on-field result. Not at all. Right. Or the time with Louisville in 2015, they took down it. They took their championship banner down because they were having strippers in the dorm. This right here, you can make a strong case and a strong argument that this has a direct impact on the result of the game. Michigan has been they're going to go to their third straight college football playoff this year. And this year they have a really, really, really strong chance of winning. How much of their success is tied to this right here? In addition to having really good players, how much of this is tied to? We already got the answers to the test. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the way you put it right there. Like, it's not like they're not talented already. Like, you got a top 10, top five roster in college football, and they know all the answers to the test. I mean, you would kind of think maybe you should. Like, you should be winning, like how you win. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I'm very interested to see what the, what the NCAA will choose to do with this. They may win a national championship this year. Like, they very well may. But I'm willing to bet you Jim Harbaugh won't be the coach next year. I'm willing to bet you he will not be the coach. For one reason, you cannot have an issue like this in your organization. Like you are responsible for all for the behaviors of the members on your staff. Right. Right. And 
You can say he didn't know. Maybe they insulated him. Maybe they insulated the head man, like from all the foolishness at the bottom, kind of like uh, on the wire with Avon. And he had Stringer and Weebay and all of them. Like his hands are pretty clean on all of that. Right. Maybe mm-hmm. a situation like that. But even if his hands are clean and he didn't know, hint, hint, wink, wink, these are still your people. You know what I'm no saying? Doubt. The offensive coordinator that they had to fire earlier this year, they fired him for quote unquote computer access crimes, right? I don't quite know what the hell that actually means. I don't know if that means <laughs> you hacking people's stuff, if you stealing people's money, or you know, or if you watching some stuff on, on the work computer you shouldn't be watching. I don't know what that means, but I do know this. The FBI is now investigating that. This is gonna be one of them moments in higher education, Ken, where when they want to force somebody out. They don't just put out a press release. We're forcing Provost so-and-so out. Mm-hmm. Provost Johnson, who's been there 20 years, a new president shows up. And all of a sudden, Provost Johnson decides to, or Dean Johnson decides to retire. <laughs> we, go, we, we we probably going to see something similar with Jim Harbaugh, right? Because with all this foolishness going on, and then probably going to get some wins vacated, we got to run you out the spot, man. And here's the bad yeah. part for him. Is he going to be able to run to the NFL? Because, you know... Like that's where he's been trying to go the last couple of years, but you know he had. Raiders. Oh God! <laughs> you think the Raiders would hire him? I I saw it on the rumor mill. Like you know, if it happens, would Jim Harbaugh be interested in it? Would the Raiders hire him? Maybe. I mean, we've seen crazier. We've seen crazier things happen. It just it, you, that is a very fair point. Very fair. Free Devontae Adams. Free Devontae Adams. Like we saying that like he's a political prisoner, but he might as well be because he got a, he he's stuck with damn Jimmy Garoppolo. Listen, that man throws tantrums every week on that sideline over there. Man, bro, he's sick of this shit. Bro, I would be too. Think about it, man. Last Monday night, they played the fighting Dan Campbells. And shout out to the fighting Dan Campbells. Number aren't they like the number two seed in the NFC right now? Yeah. Yeah, right now, yeah. That boy Dan got him playing hard, but they got their asses whipped. Like, you have Hunter Renfro, who caught 100 balls a couple years ago, Josh Jacobs, who last year was the NFL's leading rusher, and Devontae Adams, who is a future Hall of Famer, and you managed seven offensive points. Seven. Did you see when Jimmy Garoppolo overthrew Devontae Adams on a go route after he beat the corner who was playing press man? Yo, I thought he was just going to go to the locker room right then, right there. And, like, I think he may pull Antonio Brown by the time this is done. CTE going to start kicking in early. (laughs) Hey, by the way, did you see that video of Antonio Brown playing golf the other week? Montez Burfick needs to be arrested for attempted murder. (laughs) Because the things that he has done to Antonio Brown's brain from those Pittsburgh, Cincinnati days need to be studied. Antonio Brown's brain looks like pulled pork. Whenever Antonio Brown passes away and they examine that man's brain, I they was gonna, just going to say gonna, that they're going to have to shut the NFL down. Okay, they're going to have to shut it down because it's going to be either Antonio Brown's brain or Herschel Walker's brain. One of the <laughs> two of them is going to get the NFL shut down. We're going to be like, no what? No more children need to participate in this. <laughs> Because this is, you know how they say uh, this is what smoking does to your brain and what smoking does to your body? Yeah. There's going to be Antonio Brown and Herschel Walker on a commercial here in about 10 years. Yeah, man. That man is nuts, bro. 
He's absolutely insane. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't even know how we got there. I don't even know. <laughs> we started off with Jim Harbaugh in that crazy Connor Stallion stealing signs, <laughs> and we ended up with Herschel Walker and Antonio <laughs> <laughs> we went from sign stealing to Herschel Walker. Oh my lord! And that is another episode of the Game Plan Podcast. Kennedy Miller, my guy, thank you for hanging out once again. Where can the folks find you? Twitter, Instagram, all of that, man. Find me on Twitter at underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. Find me on Instagram at underscore Kennedy Miller underscore underscore. That's two underscores. All right, all right. You can find me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. T is in Texas. S as in souffle is French, like the big homie, big parlay. M as in Michigan. Follow the show on Instagram at underscore the game plan podcast. Again, follow the show on Instagram at underscore the game plan podcast. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we appreciate you guys for listening for kennedy miller my name is alex goodwin this has been the game plan podcast we will see you guys next time y'all take it light